Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Toby Mathis. Toby, are you ready to do this? Obviously, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do this. Toby is an attorney and a founding partner of Anderson Law Group. He's on a mission to help investors and business owners keep and grow more. He's a member of the Forbes Real Estate and Finance Council. He's the author of several books and the and the host of a podcast as well. I'm excited to have you on. Toby, tell Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Toby, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do uh, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a rabid investor and I you know, I became an attorney because I couldn't stand attorneys. It was really <laughs> really came down to it is that uh, in business, uh, attorneys tended to be deal breakers and you know, all the attorneys out there are getting mad right now, but no, no, attorneys are great as long as they're on your side and, and they understand what you're doing. And unless you've actually done it, so unless you've run a business, unless you've been a, an investor, and like I, I personally, myself and my partner own over 100 pieces of single family residence, um, you know, SFRs, we own a ton of commercial buildings, we own a lot of real estate along with other investments, and we run a company with over 250 employees. Unless you've done that, it's really tough to advise people who are trying to get there because uh, it's like anything else. If you don't do it, uh, it's, yeah, there's so many nuances that you miss. And that was my struggle when I became an attorney. Was I just found that a lot of the lawyers out there learn out of a book. And uh, it's just not the same thing. So that's why I became an attorney. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, not only that, but certainly a lot of the people who are teaching people how to be successful in all these different endeavors have never necessarily done it on their own either. And so- Oh, yeah. You know, if you want to actually learn from somebody who's, why wouldn't you want to learn from somebody who's actually done what it is that you're trying to do? So I yeah, appreciate absolutely, that. George. And, you know, one of the funny things is, I mean, I had great mentors and I always look at that. Uh, most successful people had somebody that had walked that path before or at least gave them some good guiding posts. Uh, maybe not the exact same path, but, you know, had done something where they had uh, pioneered a, a product or a service or gone off on their own and, and dealt with you know, what it, what it means to be a, an entrepreneur and what it means to be a business owner. And they've done that and they, and they give them some of the expectations so that you're not surprised by it. Got it. So you're obviously a busy person. If you own 100 single residential units, you own commercial, um, you're, you're, you're running a company, but you're also doing, you're also doing a ton of training also. Um, so it's gotta be a passion, right? So what, t- yeah. t- t- tell me a little bit about this passion. Yeah, that's rule number one, by the way, of just about anything. Every time I talk to somebody who's going into business, I said, do you love to do it? Because you may be doing it for free. That's always the that's sure. always the kick. Uh, for those of you who had businesses when 9-11 happened, you know what happened to the economy right after that. For those of you who went through the dot-com bubble, uh, just this last recession, 2007, 2008, there's going to be times when you're, it's not all going to be gravy. And so you better really like what you're doing. Uh, because you may be doing it uh, without a lot of compensation at times. Now, there are you may get through your entire life and never experience that at all, but there's usually going to be some hurdles there that, uh, that get up there in front of you. So you really want to be doing something that means something to you. And I, I have this awesome client. Uh, it's, uh, they own a, a chain of burger places over on uh, Hawaiian Islands and in, in a few other places called Teddy's. Um, 
some of you guys know Teddy's bigger burgers, but like Teddy, if you talk to him about hamburgers, the guy is passionate about how you make a patty and how you should never let human hands touch it. Stuff that you would never think of. You and me, we'd be like, yeah, frozen patty, throw it on a grill. Sure. Nope, never frozen, <laughs> never touches human hands because the oil of the hand will change the, the flavor. Like weird stuff. Like you're like, holy cow, like you're really into this. And and of course, you, you meet those people and 10 years later, they're a phenomenal success. And I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't, I don't think Probably it's not an accident. Huh? Yeah. 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 It's just, they're very passionate about stuff. So you can't replace that. That's like, yeah. And then if, and if, and if somebody just wants to make money and that's their passion, hmm. then they really don't care how they do it. All right. Then there's lots of things they can try, but uh, you better really like the process and you better really enjoy getting into the weeds, into the numbers. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a hundred percent correct. And also I think you probably, can speak to how important expectations are when you're just getting started with some kind of an endeavor because it's probably not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it, it's, you know, you look at it as a journey. And so if you are doing something that you love and anybody who's done sports or, I mean, I could, I could use hiking. I'm on a mountaineer. So like you go up a mountain, you don't just, you know, you, you could just start walking. As long as you're going up, you're going to get to the top eventually. That's what you keep telling yourself, right? When it really stinks, you're like, oh, <laughs> one foot higher. You know, oh, I'm getting closer to the top, you know, but, but you know, there's going to be different routes. There's going to be things that get in your way and all that stuff. You got to look at it as like, hey, that's kind of the fun of it. You know, in business, sometimes you want the challenge. If it was all easy and it was super easy, everybody be doing it. Well, the people that get rewarded the most are the ones that usually do stuff other people don't necessarily want to do or can't do. And, uh, you know, there's certain things that you could do that you could just put on autopilot. Like real estate to me is an autopilot. Like if you have a good uh, property manager or in uh, the stock market, if you have a good money manager, it's just not losing. Like if you can just eliminate the loss, you're okay. And so if you have somebody watching out for your backside, you can do that. Same thing in the tax world. Whenever you, when you do it, when I'm a tax lawyer, so I'm always dealing with how do we keep from giving up too much of our revenue? How do we keep from getting hit by a crippling tax uh, just so that we can keep, you know, keep on moving on and it allows me to do what I really am passionate about. Like for me, I love to teach. I love to teach, I love to go out and talk to investors, I love to work with people all over the country. It's a lot of fun all over the world. I've traveled all over the place working with people. That's a lot of fun, but I have to, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's to allow that to happen. Yeah, that's a, it's one of those things, right, where you are just immersed, mired in the day-to-day operations, trying to get your business to be profitable, trying to get some cash flow coming in that you're probably probably more apt to be letting the small details go and what will probably be the result is maybe paying a little bit too much in taxes. Uh, you know, the biggest one that I've seen, and I and I live this, I worked with a mentor, uh, Jerry Getty, who's a great guy out of Seattle, Washington. He's since passed, but, you know, he'd been in business for 30-something years, and his books were, were a train wreck every time I looked at his, <laughs> like, what are these corporate documents? And it's like a manila folder with, with three pieces of paper in it. Uh, yeah, the thing that usually trips up businesses is the, the, the bookkeeping side, the tax side. That's usually what trips them up or they're set up wrong from the inception. You know, they they go to Legal Doom or one of these places where they're I, that was me to me. Legal Zoom where <laughs> um, they go online and they create something because they but they don't understand the implications of it. 
And so, uh, I, I, George, I'm just going to assume that it, you're an RIA, so you're probably a fiduciary. Um, I'm a fiduciary, which means I'm supposed to put the client's interest first. And when I talk to somebody, I'm looking in, into the future for them saying, all right, what's going to be best for you? And it's, you know, I always liken it to going into the butcher shop and asking the butcher for advice on what your menu should be. They're going to tell you to eat a lot of meat, right? <laughs> Might not be the best thing for you. Whereas then there, you go to a nutritionist or you go to a doctor and they're going to say, hey, eat some leafy vegetables there, you know, amigo. Um, don't just eat steak every night. Um, and so and I always look at myself as the nutritionist. You got to tell people what they may not want to hear. Hey, you got to keep good records. You got to keep good books because if you don't, it could kill your business. If you don't, you won't know when a problem is happening. If, if you understand your financials and what they're telling you, you can apply this to any company. Like when I look at the stock market, I'm always shocked that people chase after companies that are paying out more money than they're actually making to their shareholders. Like they're doing some really weird stuff where it's like obvious that's not sustainable. And you're like, why are you investing in that? And it's because, well, my broker told me. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, so if you learn to do some of the basics in your business, you can apply it to everything. Got it. Well, I appreciate that very much. So I think that, well... I think there's probably a lot of people out there who would like to not pay any tax at all. But probably the, the majority of people want to pay their fair share, but not a lot more than that. So how how can people go about legally and ethically minimize, minimizing the taxes that, that they're paying if that was something they were interested in? Well, so first off, the idea of not paying any tax is great from a purely tax standpoint. Like I've actually been there. My partner, uh, uh, Clint and I, uh, partner in, in, in business, um, I have a, an adult daughter who just graduated from uh, um, college. And I remember when we got started, all, we didn't even have kids yet. You know, my, my wife and I, we like to travel around, Clint's wife. And it, but we got in, we didn't pay any tax those first three or four years because there are incentives in the tax code when you're starting up a business uh, in certain things you can do to allocate um, expenses early. So there's things called accelerated depreciation or bonus depreciation. There's all sorts of things where you could actually acquire things for your business and write them off even though you haven't paid for them yet. But the downside to that is it really hurts your growth because you look like you're not making any money, right? which makes it really tough to grow a business when you're looking for loans. And so I always caution people to look at their business really through three lenses. You want to look at it from an asset protection lens, make sure that somebody cannot take away your business. Make sure that if something goes wrong in the business, it doesn't follow you around the rest of your life. So that means using an entity like an LLC or a corporation um, to isolate the liability. Then you look at the tax side and say, hey, do you need to show income? Do I need to show money? Uh, maybe I need to have a, a, a W-2 income if I'm buying a house. Well, I'm, that's not going to happen if I'm being a sole proprietor or even if I'm being an S-Corp. They're going to be looking at that S-Corp return. They're going to be digging through your financials. And if you're doing the third leg, which is like I'm doing tax reduction all over the place, they're going to say, hey, wait a second. It looks like you're failing in your business. So you're going to say, no, no, no. I'm just playing some tax code. You know, I'm, I'm just not paying tax. You know, they're going right. to, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. And they're going to deny your loan. So there really is a third side to that, which is the business side, which is what guys like me do for a living. It's we sit there and say, yeah, I could get you to zero. Uh, if, if you want to pay less in tax or zero taxes, uh, become a real estate professional. It's really easy. You just have to go buy as much real estate as humanly possible, 
and allocate all of those, uh, all that depreciation on your return and make it ordinary loss by becoming a real estate professional. It's, like there, there's ways to do it to where you can quite literally offset millions of dollars a year. Our, our president has done it using conservation easements. There's all sorts of tools out there that prevent you, that can keep you from paying tax. But, uh, but the flip side to that is your business will never grow again. Like you just removed yourself from the ability to have growth. And so you really have to be looking at it saying, do I really want to pay zero tax or do I want to control my income and what I show to make sure that I look the way that the parties that I need to be doing business with. So my banker, maybe a private lender, maybe I have uh, angel investors, maybe I need to make myself look the way that makes them comfortable so that they're willing to part with their money to allow me to grow. Well, I appreciate that. So, and that's not an easy thing to, to, to kind of figure out on your own, right? Which is where professional advice would certainly come in. Yeah. Um, because that's right. I say you got to do it with somebody who's done it. It's yeah. really tough. Real estate's no different. If you're an investor, you better make sure that you're working with people that have actually invested. If you're in the stock market, make sure you're dealing with people that understand the stock market. And I always look at like uh, Kobe Bryant was the big guy. Now it's, you know, it, it's, it's King or J, uh, James. But I, I, I always look at it and say, I would never have wanted to go head to head with LeBron uh, James. I would not want to play basketball against him because he'll whip my butt because he's a professional at it. And then these people jump into the stock market and they want to be a professional trader. And I'm like, yeah, you've been doing this for six months. This, the people you're going up against have been doing it for 30 years and they're going to eat your lunch. They're going to head fake you. They're going to do all sorts of things. You always want to have somebody on your side that has that experience. Got it. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. So it's just having a good understanding of where you are in the business cycle and where you're going to be in the future and taking into consideration yep. that, yeah, you maybe want to reduce some of your tax liability today, but you're going mm -hmm. to need money probably at some point if you're looking to scale. So you need to take that into consideration as well. Got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So folks who are who are thinking about getting into real estate and, and, and they're, they're listening they say, okay, this sounds great. I would like to own 100, you know, single family residences. How would you count? But, but, but let me take a step back, but, but they're working a full-time job and they have pretty good income. So they're looking to just ease into it. How, how would you yeah. counsel them to get started? Uh, well, the first thing is, is you never want to harm. So uh, I run off of a real simple philosophy. I, I want assets that pay me more than I'm paying for them. So uh, I actually teach a, a funky little course called Infinity Investing, and the premise is this. How many days could you live without working? And so you have to look at rents, royalties, dividends, interest, and capital gains. You look at passive income sources, and you say, how long would they allow me to live based off of what my burn rate is? I don't want to bleed down my assets when I'm 80 figuring that I'm only going to live to 86 because I might live to 120 and right. all of a sudden I've outlived my money. So I, I, I look at everything through that, through that kind of philosophy is, is it paying me more than I'm paying it? And that's an idea of an asset. An asset will feed you and a, and a liability will bleed you. So if I'm looking at real estate, I'm looking for cash flow real estate. I'm not looking for appreciation because my intent is to never sell it. If I'm buying something, it's a revenue source for an eternity. So if I buy a rental property, I'm telling people, look at something that you're going to keep for 100 years. That's what I would be looking at. And it takes you away from about 90% of the market and puts you squarely within the areas that are cash flow. So you end up in Indianapolis, Kansas City, Memphis, uh, Charlotte. You're going to be uh, 
in, in different cities. Houston was a great one for us, Oklahoma City. Uh, lots of little places where you'd never think, hey, this is where I really want to be investing. Because a lot of people think, oh, I want to be in a hot market. I want to be in Seattle or San Francisco. Well, you're never going to get cash flow off of that. So you, you're going to end up burying yourself trying to buy it. I mean, you're there in Phoenix and you saw what happened in uh, 2007, eight. People jumped into that market figuring that they were going to, the appreciation was going to be there. Oh, my house is going to go up in value so much. It's going to be great. Right. Well, so, sometimes the market doesn't cooperate, but the rents are always there. You know, there's always people that need a place to live. And it's just a matter of how much, uh, uh, you know, is there a vacancy rate in that city? Is there a good job market in that city? If it does fluctuate, it's usually single digits, things like that. Would, will I still be able to survive and carry this thing even if even if it's not going perfect? And uh, and that's why I encourage people in their investing is A, make sure it's cash flow and B, for example, if I have a W-2 job and I buy a little rental, make sure it's in an LLC so it does not like if a, if a tenant falls down the stairs, you don't start getting garnished out of your regular life wages. You can isolate that liability to simply that one property. And that's how you build up conservatively. You get great cash flow. And if you do that for 10 years, you'll probably be retired. Yeah, I love it. Well, Toby, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, the biggest tip I would say is, is assume control. The number one, and this is study after study, the number one difference between the rich and the poor is the rich believe that they have control over their finances. And so I would train myself. If there was one tip I would give people is wake up every morning and say, I actually have a lot of control over my own finances. I'm not subject to somebody else's whim. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Toby, yeah. thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Oh, easy. You could either go to Anderson Advisors. Actually, I'm just going to tell you, just go to Anderson Advisors. Anderson with an O, advisors.com. You could Google my name, Toby Mathis. I'm all over the place. I, I record and I put a lot of material out there. I teach something called a Tax Tuesday every other Tuesday. It's free. You can go on and ask any tax question you want. It's in a webinar format, but you'll see we answer about 200 questions. I don't want to say it's just me. I bring a CPA who turns green and hides under the desk the whole time because <laughs> he, he hates talking to the public, right? You know, they're always like introverts. But I always bring along a CPA, and we have a lot of fun answering any question you can conceive of. So you're not paying 300 bucks an hour to have somebody guess. You know, we're, gonna, we're actually going to go through this stuff. And so there's lots of ways to get plugged in. We're a big education firm. So, uh, and a lot of that stuff you can get for peanuts or for free, and uh, you could start down that path of, uh, of, of empowering yourself. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Toby your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to AndersonAdvisors.com. Check out everything that they're working on. Get on one of those Tax Tuesday webinars every other Tuesday and get your tax questions answered. That's an awesome resource right there. Thank you again, Toby. My pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding 
how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.